All right, peace, peace. We are back. Chaos and Culture. This is episode four. I'm naming this one, name it, rather, uh, Fashion's Designer DEI Conundrum. And I named it that because I recently saw a, um, a post on the Ethos and Forum Instagram page that uh, this stated, actually, let me, uh, let me read it to you. Said, would have loved to see more minority designers highlighted on the carpet real show. And it accord with me because I was like, I never thought about that. And I wanted to make sure that I had the mind behind about that and the things that I think it's really important. Definitely highlight these designers who don't have those big contracts. With the uh, with some of the major distribution companies like um, LVMH or uh, Karen or uh, uh, um, who is it? Uh, 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 I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, <laughs> a lot of those big licensing deals with a lot of these uh, major fashion um, distribution companies. But um, with that, like I said I got the mind behind Ethos the Cornwall with me, who you may remember from if you've been following all the Fly Kids for a while, you may remember our first centerpieces episodes last year where we were breaking down Voice the Five Nine, uh, most recent album. And uh, so this brother here, Jonathan Nelson, aka Tactus Jack, aka the mind behind Ethos the Cornwall. You cannot see, however, he is here. You know, we experienced some, some serious technical difficulties, which is why we got started so late and we're here now. But um, if you want to see what he looks like, you can follow him. <laughs> or you can watch that episode of Super Pieces from last year and you can see what he looks like. Uh, but um, definitely want to give you, Jonathan, an opportunity to introduce you to people what you're all about. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Geronimo, for having me on your platform. Um, my name is Jonathan Nelson. I run Ethos Decorum. Uh, is me and me and pretty much a few other people, but I'm pretty much the face of the brand, and everybody else comes in and pretty much put their expertise on there, and uh, and I collaborate with different creatives. So, um, each is the core, much a creative platform. We highlight um, the best in fashion, art, and design, and everything in between, as far as creatives, and. Um, no matter where they are in their career, whether they're uh, the the biggest fashion house out of France or the small company where it's one guy printing his stuff in his garage, if it's if it's really dope, if it's really on point, we're gonna highlight it. So um, that's pretty much what we do. So on any given day, you will see us do a uh, a post on Prada, and the next post will be about an artist who's out of South Africa or artist who's based out of DC. And uh, so that's pretty much where we are as far as with what we do. Okay, word, word. So, and, and Jonathan, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna ask you to mute your mic because there's an echo on your end whenever I'm speaking. Um, okay, okay. So, you know, in this virtual world that we live in <laughs> these days, it's gotten crazy. So nonetheless, um, again, so I read what, uh, what was posted on the Ethos Decorum page and I definitely want to jump into it. Um, and I know I commented on uh, on that post saying, you know, I, I liken that issue of these independent and minority designers not being highlighted in the same way that the, the more well-known designers are when, um, with stylists. Um, 
dressing their clients and different celebrities and influencers. Um, I likened it to the same way how a lot of people don't feel don't feel like looking for independent music artists and search and searching for new music. They you know want to just they want to go off of whatever is promoted through the playlist on different music streaming sites or in music media or on social media, um, as opposed to, you know, digging in the crates, digging in the virtual crates now, you know what I mean? But um, I was told that, you know, actually stylists have access to the, the list. They have list of a list of names of designers who are independent or who are, you know, like black owned or pe uh, people of color, um, the POC designers that um and they're not they're not using them um as far as we know and um i was like oh well that begs a different thing then because now i'm like well is it it's an issue of where it's cool to be an early adopter on paper and be that person that's known to be hip and whatnot but it's easier to be trendy it's easier to go if it's already you know well known but essentially if you are in my opinion if you're styling a celebrity or somebody that has crazy influence, you know, you could take a relatively unknown brand from relatively unknown to sold out overnight by tagging them and make and mentioning them in a post on Instagram and things like that. Because we know how people are. They kind of like, oh, well, so-and-so is wearing this. What's this about? They'll, they'll click on it. You know what I mean? So I, I'm wondering then what is the reason? The big question is what is the reason why they are not, these stylists are not, um, tapping in and utilizing these independent and minority designers. So I'll let you take that, take that, Jonathan. Uh, yes, uh, I just took it out of the unmute. So um, I think, man, Geronimo, that's such a, that question is so, man, it's loaded and it could go so many different directions, to be honest with you. Um, I think we live in a society now that everybody wants to be safe and everybody wants to be the same. And it's now bubbled to the point where even our celebrities to a certain degree want to be the same as everybody else. And it's never been like that before. So if we start to go back, let's just start, since we, we're talking about the BET show and we're talking about the red carpet and celebrities, let's start to go back. Um, Michael Jackson didn't dress like everybody. Can you imagine Michael Jackson? Can you imagine who Michael Jackson's stylist was? Can you imagine the work they had to put in? Prince didn't dress like anybody. Um, I mean, let's let's go Rolling Stones, right? Let's go all let's go all across all of the genres, all of the rock bands. I mean, if you look at um, look at grunge music, I mean, when grunge music came out, they dressed like the people in Seattle. But nobody else was dressing like that anywhere else. So I think people are not celebrating individuality as much as before. And I think a lot of times it feels like maybe, the I don't know, maybe the artists want to be safe or maybe the stylists want to be safe enough to say, hey, if I go with this brand, if I go with that brand, people already know these brands. And even if the outfit isn't that crazy, they know the brand, so they won't say this is a terrible outfit. But I remember um, award shows, I mean, you would see people just wearing anything. There was, I mean, this, they were going all out. 
And I mean, some of those outfits now, when you look at it, you're like, man, what, what in the world were they wearing? But at least you have those celebrities and the stylists, they were pushing the envelope. So a lot of, there are a lot of great stylists right now. Don't get me wrong. But I just felt like seeing the award show, I was like, man, it just seems like everybody's very safe. And at the same time, if it's a black award show, it would just be great to see a lot of black designers. There's no shortage of black designers. There's no shortage of information on the internet. Um, so it would have been great to just see more of that. And it would be great to see if the stylists could kind of push the envelope a little bit. I mean, if, if you're wearing a Louis Vuitton jacket, that I can literally go in the store and buy if I could afford it now. That's a whole different question. But <laughs> if you see a Louis Vuitton jacket that I can see in the store, then you're wearing it on a red carpet, then it's kind of like, oh man, come on. You know, I'm thinking to myself, even at that level, if I wanted to get a Louis Vuitton jacket and I was a celebrity, I gotta call Virgil and be like, Virgil, I need a one of one. I don't want the stuff that's in the store. So from a stylist standpoint, I'm like, man, listen, give me a list of some black designers. I mean, everybody know, like, I mean, not to name drop, but look at Telfar. Telfar name has been ringing forever the past few years. Now he's been doing it forever before that. But you mean to tell me nobody called Telfar up? It's like, let me get something special from you, Telfar? Nobody called Pierre Moss up and be like, let me get something special from you guys? Um, and the list goes on and on. So I don't know if they're not giving the black designers as much highlight as possible or if they're just being safe. You know what I mean? I don't know where they are in that intersection. Now, I did see um, Kurt Franklin wear uh, Rich Fresh, and he wore it before the show. He wore it during the show. And I mean, it was consistent. He was like, this is my guy. I'm wearing Rich Fresh, period. Uh, so that was, that, was, that was great to see that. And I'm sure there was one or two other people, but it's the BT award show. I would, I would just assume that people will be decked out in the best of the best from, you know, black designers. So you, you raised some good points because, um, and I wonder if it is just an issue of apathy or being lazy, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, if, 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 and what happened to, the individual, comp the individualistic component within style. Forget fashion as an industry or, or, or a discipline, but style, style aesthetic, wanting to set yourself apart, being an individual. And I say even for myself, searching online as of late, wanting to find um, style influencers who are actually pushing the envelope and have carved out a look, an aesthetic that is their own. You like, you know what, this is them, this is them. Not necessarily doing something that's very provocative or, or, or um, not necessarily doing something that is going to um, be controversial, but something that is like, like you said, Michael Jackson had his own style. Prince had his own style. Um, Rolling Stones, um, and, and the list goes on, you know, Madonna, things like that. And while they did things that were, um, especially like, say, look at people like Prince or Madonna, their, their style was maybe provocative, <laughs> some people might say. And I know of Madonna in particular, you know, perhaps even controversial, but it fit 
the art that they were creating. It fit their entire brand. It wasn't, you know, daring and, and, and provocative for, for just for the, the hell of it, just, just to do it. And I think it's like now it's, it's an extreme. It's, you know, I'm going to be trendy or I'm going to just, you know, be provocative and controversial just for the hell of it. And that, that middle ground area within, within fashion and style is like, I'm looking for that. I have a hard time finding a large number of um, true style influencers, people who truly have a style aesthetic that I want to know. I want to know like, wow, okay, what were you thinking about when you decided to get dressed? You know, like, and what, what's, what's the message that you are, you are wanting to communicate in that way? I think that when you start dealing with independent designers, uh, in particular, uh, who truly, you know, wanting to create their own brand message and their own aesthetic um, in their designs, not cook, copy and paste of something that already exists. Um, I think that's where you also are able to, as a, as, as a person with good style, you're able to really define and, and display what your true style aesthetic is, your individual's uh, point of view is, you know, um, your other point where you talked about nobody calling up the brother uh, who uh, who started Telfar, saying you know give me a one of give me a one of one give me a one of one, uh, which I'm sure he'd totally be down to do if he got that phone call. Um, and it's almost like why not? And and why are people afraid when I think now because everything is so oversaturated because in the age of the internet everybody now is less likely to um, have a style that's representative, not only of where they're from, but a style that's representative of their, their individual selves. I think now is a better time than ever to set yourself apart and show like, look, this is my style and I'm fly because I'm fly, not because y'all told me this is fly and this is what you need to wear and dressing like a friggin' mannequin. You dig what I'm saying? And um, it, it, it's actually pretty, it's pretty uh, disappointing to know that people with this type of access um, to whatever uh, designers they want, whatever whatever fashion brands they want, are taking this easy way out uh, on both sides, the stylists and the people wearing the clothing. You know? Yeah, it's um, it gets to be it gets to be really confusing because you have people who have. One, they have the access, they have the Rolodex. So if I send an email to a particular designer, whether they're European or if they're um, from, a, from the African uh, descent, right? A designer anywhere in the world, if I send them an email, nine out of 10 times, they're not responding to my email. If, a, if celebrity X, celebrity Y sends them an email, they're responding right back to them. So these, these people, these stylists and these artists, have the access to all of that, period. They also have the money, period. Um, I may not be able to buy a $900 pair of uh, loafers, but they do. And in fact, the brands will give them the $900 pair of loafers because guess what? It's great promotion. So you really go back to the idea of this, something where it's safe. Everybody wants to be so safe. And it kind of hurts the idea of even pushing, not cult, not the culture, but just pushing culture itself forward. Because 
how do we then discover these new designers? How do we discover these black designers, these uh, female designers, these other minority designers, if we don't have the people who have the most eyes on them saying, hey, um, this is something new that I'm wearing. You know what I mean? I mean, it may, and it's not even high fashion. You know what I mean? You you see it back in the day. You remember when, um, I remember back in the day, Jay-Z wore a drunken, uh, it was called a drunken monkey, I believe. He wore a t-shirt in one video that literally changed his brand forever. Everybody was looking for that brand. And you we talking saw about Red that, Monkey? Huh? You talking about Red Monkey? No, nah, I think it was called something monkey. Okay. Because I remember the, the, the I remember the denim brand Red Monkey from yeah, like but, the early 2000s. Uh, and then Ivisu, look at Ivisu. So yeah. mm -hmm. it goes, I mean, Iceberg, the list goes on and on. You I, was have of, I was a fan of Iceberg. <laughs> I had some Iceberg and all of that. I'm I'm still a huge fan of Iceberg. I can't fake, man. I love Iceberg, but <laughs> don't, don't get me started. But, and I also want to highlight too is we're not saying exclusively wear black designers. I'm not saying that. With me, it's never either or. I'm saying, hey, you can have the European designers and you can have the black designers all in the same space. Because for the simple fact, if somebody says they're a designer, they don't want to be put in the box as the best black designer. They want to go toe to toe with everybody else. You know what I mean? You don't see the guys in the NBA saying, we only want to play these top teams, but we don't want to play nobody else. We just the best in the East, and that's it. They're like, listen, we in the NBA, we want to win the championship. So yeah. all I'm saying is give the black designers that are up to have, to have uh, the opportunity to showcase their stuff, just like how you give the European designers. And the same thing is, it's the same quality. There is no shortage of great work across the board from black designers, uh, designers from South America, designers from Africa, from Asia and Europe. Everybody on a certain level, they're not playing any games. You see some of these brands, even if you wouldn't wear it, some of these brands, when you see the detail in them, you're like, whoa, this is crazy. This is like master craftsmanship. So. Give those designers the same opportunity that you would give these other designers. And at the same time, it's like, it's an award show. Why you want to be safe? Go out there, show people that, you know, you are a celebrity because you're a trendsetter and this is what you do. I mean, look at the Chelsea boot. Guys been wearing the Chelsea boot for at least the past six years. It's like everybody been killing a Chelsea boot, right? Every man now has a Chelsea boot in his closet. Think about Lenny Kravis. Man, Lenny Kravitz was doing that 25 years ago. Lenny yep. Kravitz was the only dude with a Chelsea boot, skinny jeans, and probably a ripped up t-shirt. That's what style is. And he would work with independent designers. He would work with black designers. It didn't matter. I, there's a video, there's some footage of him wearing some crochet hat or a scarf. It's from a designer you never even heard about. That's what the definition of style is. So remember when several years ago, maybe about 10 years at this point, um, when everybody, a lot of people, like when the, the, the long tee became popular, especially like the long tee with, like, uh, with, the, with the split at the bottom. Um, so I remember I was watching uh, Biz Marquis' video for the Vapors. He's on the boat, he's on the yacht, 
you know, walking through whatever. And I peeped. He had on one of those tees, one of those long tees that all of a sudden was like this big, this big uh, trend within streetwear and uh, and 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 street fashion and hip hop um, within the, the the early 2010s and whatnot. And I was like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me this record, this song from this hip hop song, this rap song from the 80s? where this guy was doing this then, he had this one then, and now people are acting like this is all brand new information. Now granted, somebody, somebody within the industry, whether they are a stylist, whether they are a designer, whether they are um, an influencer or whatever the case may be, they knew that. Now whether or not that was the person that brought the, the trend back, I don't know, but somebody knew about that, about Biz Markie wearing that style of shirt in that video, you know, uh, what, 25 years earlier. And so I wonder, even thinking about how you say, you know, why are people wanting to go to Safe Route, especially in, in, in places like, um, or events like award shows and things like that. It's like the only time we see people pushing the envelope now um, in terms of like celebrity is at the Met Ball, which is like, why do we have to wait for the Met Ball? And even that, a lot of times, there's a lot of people getting that wrong, you know, getting the theme wrong in terms of their, their point of view and, and their, their, their interpretation of it. Um, but, or not, they're not really, they're not having enough fun with it. Um, they're, not playing, they're not playing enough with the idea and things like that. So I, I now wonder if this is an issue of um, art imitating life or life imitating art because everything is safe now. You know, there's an oversaturation of, 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 of similar sounds in, in music. Um, when it comes to film, which I'm not the biggest expert on film. I'm not an expert on film at all, but it seems as if um, within film and, and TV, we're seeing a lot of the same types of uh, show content or things like that. And um, I'm wondering, again, if this is an issue of life imitating art, art imitating life, which it seems as if things have become so um, so blended together, thanks to the internet. Um, this this same as this um, this uh, homogeneity is uh, it's it's killing creativity almost. And so it's like, why well, try? People going, you know, people going to think I'm fly anyway. And it's like I even think about media. All right, so the fashion media they got to cover this. They got to get the, the shots of the people walking down the red carpet. They got to do the um, who wore best or list or who, um, was it how to was it not um, list and it's like aren't y'all tired aren't y'all bored with what y'all saying aren't y'all I'm, I'm, I'm wondering and for me it becomes frustrating as an, as an observer as, as as someone who is a is an as a someone who truly appreciates and 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 understands and is a student history of culture and lifestyle especially when it comes to um, the, the, the urban aesthetic. Um, and when I say urban, I don't mean, mean black necessarily. I mean, you know, um, you, your point of view comes from one of being in an urban environment, um, as well as just the history of things. And so I wonder, you know, I, I get frustrated with that. You know, I'm not on the inside to be able to, 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 to switch things up or advocate to switch things up or push people to do, to do something different or go a little harder, um, in general. I'm not on the inside, so it becomes frustrating me for me for that reason as well, you know. 
So I'm um, I'm right there with you. It's, it's funny you said that because that's one of the main reasons I started Ethos the Quorum. I I used to. I mean, I've always been into streetwear before. I've always been into fashion and um and art and design. And I've um and in the past, it feels like different lifetime. I had like clothing brands before that I that I had and and ran and um after after all of that i just looked around and i would i would still even to this day man i still i still buy vogue magazine i still buy gq um and coming to the internet age i would go on all these blogs and you're talking about a time where i would go on the forums too like man i'm i was heavy into nike talk and in different style forums, and I mean, half of them I can't even remember. And you're talking about forums from all over the world. There was one based in Europe called Fifth Dimension. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are like sneaker forums, and um, and you, you're talking about with uh, Japanese denim brands, all of that stuff. And you could get just so much information with all of these forums. And all of a sudden, we kind of hit a, a, um, a phase where I would go on blogs, and I'm not going to name the blogs, but I would go on blogs, and everything would be the same. And I just felt like I wasn't discovering anything new at all. No new streetwear line, no new high fashion line, no new artists. Uh, you know, even in like music, I, and I'm not an expert in music. I, I, I love music, but I like to just listen to music and not try to, you know, be an expert in that that area. But even music, man, like. I would see where artists would come out and I'd be like, man, who did the art cover? Mm. Um, you know, who's the producer? Who's the yeah. background vocalist? And you know, you discover artists like that. I mean, I discover people, everybody talk about Jay Dilla now. I discover Jay Dilla by looking in the back of an album cover and just be like, yo, why does this name just keep on popping up everywhere? Like, who is this dude? Um, you know, so it's kind of like, who did this album cover? You know, like, oh, what, what's this brand over here? You, you, you turn into like Vogue and GQ and, and like these magazines from England and you see all these different t-shirt brands and streetwear brands from Japan and you're like, you know, you want to know more. And it just hit a point where before I started Ethos Decorum, every website, every blog just seemed to cover the same thing. And I was just like, okay. I got to get off the sideline. I want for people to be able to go somewhere. They can see something different. You know what it is? We've lost the wow factor and we've lost the where you get those from factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Granted, you know, I'll say this here. I'm one of those people. I like one of the reasons why I liked, I used to, I, when I, especially when I was younger, um, even now, I like wearing not so popular brands, but that were um, still pretty cool, pretty flat, uh, is because, you know, I wanted you to ask. Um, at first it was because I didn't want you to go buy what I was wearing because I knew you weren't gonna do it. You weren't gonna, you weren't gonna do what was necessary to get access to this particular brand, which might've been ordering something from another country or might've been um, going to some hole in the wall spot in a different city or something like that. Um, but now I do it because I want people to know, like, y'all go support this brand. You know what I mean? They've been around for 20 years, 30 years. You know what I mean? Um, support them. Um, I think you'd like what they had to offer, things like that. 
And um, you even talking about the magazines you looked through, used to look through and see the ads um, for brands all around the world in different um, discussion forums. We're talking about fashion and sneakers and things like that. I think about the ads I used to see and the spreads I used to see in magazines like Vibe back in the 90s. I had I had a subscription to Vibe, I had a subscription to a lot of the um, the, uh, the Black-owned hip-hop magazines, YSB, The Source, XXL, but specifically Vibe. What I appreciated was they took the, I had the same concept of, say, like a... Um, a GQ or a details magazine for back in the day or a Vogue magazine or something like that. Um, and did it in a way, even a, even like a playboy minus the, uh, the, you know, the, the naked women, but in terms of like the stories and things like that, that, that were written because I mean, the crew that they had there, you know, at the time was, you know, incredible in terms of journalists and um, people who were part of, of hip hop and R and B that culture at the time in the nineties. But the spreads that they would do, and they would outline who the um, the uh, designers that the um, different uh, artists were wearing. Um, some of them would be names that were well known, um, and other times they would be in also in that would be names you you had never heard of before. Mind you, this is also right around the time when rappers started name dropping a lot more high end designers, such as uh, Versace and and. and um, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, things like that. Um, but at the same time, though, to see us styled for in these different designers and some independent ones as well, um, many of whom I'm sure when they were name dropped, they, when they were mentioning those vibe spreads back in the day, they're probably booming now. Uh, but I thought that was really dope. And I, I would even love to see that again. Like, you know, you can mix and match. Like, Mix it up, you know, where the, the well-known um, designers with the, with the not so well-known designers, but that still have a point of view that makes sense for that particular artist, you know, get back to pushing the envelope. And um, I miss that. I miss that. And to your point again about the blogs you said that you would go to now and it's everybody's posting the same thing. That's an issue in media across the board where a lot of websites, regardless of what the subject matter is, it be politics, music style, gossip, whatever the case may be, they've turned into aggregation sites. Everybody's posting the same thing. Nobody's writing anymore. Nobody is doing real, real journalism, it seems like, you know, granted, um, you may get something from the fader. Somebody will do a good, a good, um, a good piece on artist, things like that, but, and you might get some good investigative journalism from, um, you know, or, or, or just, um, in-depth uh, editorials from um, outlets like uh, uh, Atlantic or within in the New York Times every now and then. Um, they don't do it as much as they used to. In the Washington Post doesn't do it as much as they used to, but you know, that's needed. Like real, you know, down in the weeds journalism. And I think that could be given, that could definitely be provided within, within fashion. Like let's dig, get down and dirty talk with the designers, talk with the stylists, talk with the people who really are pushing the envelope for those small number of people who still are. And, you know, give, give them play. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what I would do if I were, if I were a journalist. I know it's an uphill battle. Journalists are fighting with their editors 
because now it's all about subscriptions and people and these paywalls and things like that. Print isn't what it used to be. Subscriptions in general aren't what it used to be. That's why, you know, you go on websites now and it's like you can get four weeks for a dollar a week or something like that. Just, you know, bargain based with subscription prices because everybody's trying to like keep the money flowing, you know, and then there's advertising. So that's another thing. I be advertising. I'm pretty sure that plays a big role in all of this too. You know, and so the big brands, they have the money to pay for advertising where these independent brands don't. They don't have the money to pay for the advertising. You know, um, the, uh, the, the minority-owned brands, if they don't have licensing deals, like, you know, you can see Kirby John Raymond all over the place because he's got a licensing deal through Pierre, through, through Pierre Moss with, with Reebok. Reebok's got plenty of bread to, like, put Pierre Moss everywhere, you know? Um, but I think, I think it's really important to even understand that too and know, okay, well, what are ways that independent designers, regardless of race, can work around that, um, to, to, to get their, to get their, their work seen and, and purchase, you know what I mean? I, uh, I totally agree with you, man. You unpacked a lot. Woo. Um, so I totally I be sitting around thinking, man. I be sitting around. Listen, I think, listen, I think listen, I think the same way. And so to be honest with you, I still follow the fader and I still follow the vibe and I still follow like double XL. And I still think these magazines do very well because they've managed to navigate the internet, right? But the thing about it is there used to be a time where there were smaller magazines or smaller publications who were like, listen, we can't do what the vibe does because they got that. They got that history. The Fader has that history. GQ has that history. Esquire magazine. So we're going to give somebody a little bit different because we can't go against those big guys. They got their stuff together. What's happening is you see a blog. What's happening is this. So you see Hype Beast, right? Which is like number one for streetwear. Then you see smaller websites and they're pretty much like you said, all they're doing is posting the same thing as Hype Beast is posting. So if I look at my, my top five streetwear websites to go to, they all look the same, then I'm not getting any new information. I'm just getting the same information over and over again. If I look at the Vibe magazine, and all of the magazines that are like five magazines that's trying to compete with the vibe, they're all posting everything as the vibe, then it's the same. So vibe is going to be on top. They're going to be great, but everybody else is not giving anybody any other variety. Um, Complex Magazine. Complex Magazine did sneaker shopping, right? When they did sneaker shopping, everybody else decided to do sneaker shopping. So now... And I've seen people for Complex Magazine kind of throw shots at everybody like, yeah, we started this. Now everybody doing sneaker shopping. So that's when the smaller publications or companies need to say, how can we do sneaker shopping differently? What can we do that's different? Um, and you talk about advertisement. It's the same thing. GQ is going through it. If Valentino is like, yeah, we're doing a three-page spread in um, GQ Magazine, then... Everybody, everything that everybody's wearing in GQ magazine gonna be Valentino. That give that doesn't give any space for a young black designer, a young Asian designer, a young Hispanic designer. It doesn't leave them any space to then get into the magazine. And the only thing that happens next is they get top Asian designers to follow that you don't know, top black designers to follow that you don't know, 
Top Hispanic, top women designers to follow, you don't know. Well, the point of it is, and I'm not, I'm just giving an example. I'm not saying, you know, necessarily, but the point of it is we don't need these top black lists. We don't need these top Hispanic lists or women lists. We need to see these designers. We need to see these creatives, these writers, these artists, these painters, anybody in the creative space, these influencers. We need to see them actively in the machine, inputting their creativity into the machine to where we're we're giving people a little bit more than what they're used to. I love some of the I love the European brands, the big ones. I love what they do. But give me something that goes with that. And that's where when you look at when we talk about we talk a little bit about music, you look at Jay-Z. Jay-Z was making music and he was name dropping brands that we had no idea what they were. It was so crazy. Jay-Z would name drop a brand. You have to Google it. That's how crazy it was because Jay-Z was like, I'm not going to be a celebrity that has all of this money and walk into the Gucci store and buy the same Gucci that everybody else got for Canal Street. What's the point? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to find this brand that is only big in Paris or this brand that's only big in this part of London or only the people in LA know about this brand. And I'm going to talk about it because I like the t-shirt. I'm going to wear it. I'm going to name drop it. Yep. That That's where you start to see real style a celebrity mix is when you see those items that people don't know about. Like you see people talk about today, people talk about like a, a watch and they talk about, everybody knows a Rolex, right? But let's be real. People talk about a, a, a Patek as if it's so common. A Patek is not a common watch. Nobody just has like 30 to 50 grand laying around. So when guys are you blow, I remember Jay-Z saying the line, the watch is so blue, it looks like it's holding his breath. You boy, I got two of those. You had to Google that. You know what I mean? So yep. we've we've come to a place where we're in this, this weird vortex of sameness. Everything is the same. And you almost have to, you almost have to go do homework to find a new brand. You have to go do homework to find a new artist that you like a new musician. You have to do homework to find a new painter that you like. When these things should be, it should be constant. I should look on the cover of Time Magazine and see an artist that I've never heard about and let them do the cover of that. Mm. Like, think about that. I should look on the, the Washington Post. I should see in the Washington Post every week, I should see a new artist that I've never heard of from the DMV. Um. And the don't, crazy don't part of that, that, that the Washington Post covering artists, uh, DMV artists, it, it, it's been it's been sporadic, but I mean, they've done it. Um, but I get what you're saying, though. I absolutely get what you're saying. Um, again, breaking. It's like the same way that DJs used to break artists, music artists. What happened to. Um, and I'm guess I'm I'm sure I I know stylists once upon a time used to do this. One person I think of a lot, uh, who's always highlighted for this is Misa Hilton Brim. You know, yes, she, she was she she is famous for the way she styled her clients. She was pulling from from everywhere. You know what I mean? And so, what happened? Are, where where are what happened to and where are 
the stylists who are breaking designers. You know what I mean? The same way DJs used to break music artists back in the day. You know Where I mean? are the artists? Um, so we have to ask, you know, your, your show is All the Fly Kids, right? So you almost you almost have to ask where have all the fly kids really gone? You almost really have to ask that question because there were there were the the celebrities, there were the stylists, there was the tastemakers, and then you had a little bit of everybody else in the mix that you would be able to discover all of these things as you went along. I mean, like could could um could Pink Polo Kanye survive in this environment right now? I don't know. Cause you know, think about that. They, everybody in hip hop was all super, super baggy. And there comes the, you know, the old Kanye, so to speak. There comes the old Kanye. He's wearing a pink polo shirt and a Louis Vuitton backpack and some sneakers from Japan you ain't never heard about. Yeah. So where are those artists? Well, even with someone like Kanye who, you know, has always been ahead of the curve when it comes to um, when it comes to style trends. Um, much credit also has to be given to the guys who were behind him. Yes. His, his 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 taste and style and his his point of view. You know what I mean? The Virgils and the Ivans and the, and the Don C's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's another part I was going to. Where are the new Don C's? Where are the new Virgils? Where where are those guys who like? I'm not the celebrity, but you know everybody in my town or everybody in my city know that I'm the guy who dresses pretty well, and we're gonna take a, a style cue from you. Mm -hmm. You know, so you don't have to be a celebrity to be able to push the needle. But where are the guys where you know when you see them dressing, you see them down the street, and you may see them to several different functions at events in a particular city. You're like, I've seen this dude before. He's a pretty stylish guy. I wouldn't wear that. But he's a pretty stylish guy, right? You know what I'm saying. So it's like, where have those guys gone? Um, quick story is funny story is my um, I remember when I went to college, all black uh, college, HBCU, University of Maryland Eastern Shore. I never forget one of my best friends. Now I met him there through a friend of mine, and this is he's from Baltimore. The first time I seen this kid, I meet him. He's wearing an orange polo and a pair of Air Max 95 orange. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Next time I see him, he's wearing a blue polo and a blue Air Max 95. And then next time I see him, he's wearing another color. And I'm just like, this dude is pretty fly. Who is this dude, man? And you get those people within every space to where this is the shoe guy. This is the jacket guy. Um, that's the artist that, you know, that's, that's the, 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 the black girl that likes nothing but rock music. And she's going to put us all onto all the new rock artists. And she was playing this group five years ago, and then it's five years later, that group is on MTV. She was ahead of the curve. She didn't have to be a celebrity. Those are the real people that, to me, those are the people that I say are the influencers for real. Because we all have influence to some degree, but the influencers are the people who, they're not calculated about it. This is just what they do. They're in their own lane. This is what they love to do. And we've lost a lot of that. Everything is the sameness. It's the sameness. You know, we all want to dress the same. We all want to look the same. We all want to listen to the same music. And we don't grow. We really don't grow after that. And no, on top of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, go ahead. You just going to say something else? And um, I, I was going to say on top of that, then we layer that with 
how do we get more designers of color into the spotlight? And not into the spotlight because they're black or they're a designer of color, but into the spotlight because their work is just good. Like, you know, I post a lot of I post a lot of black artists and black creators on Ethos Decorum. And I do it because they just have dope stuff. But at the same time, I post the the, the European brands just as much. And the reason is I hate this word normal normal, what is it, normalize? Yeah. I hate I hate to use that word because we use it like we just kill certain words in culture, period. But I, I almost felt like I wanted to normalize those things. I wanted when you went to my site, and I hope there's a lot of other sites like mine eventually, whatever, but I want I want people to go to Ethos Decorum to see something they've never seen, but I also want them to go to Ethos Decorum and see a black designer constantly right there with a white designer or an Asian designer or a female designer right there with, with a male designer to where you don't have to be like, oh, I'm at a unicorn. There's enough black designers that if you want a suit, you can get a great suit from a black designer. You shouldn't have a problem with that. So I'm, I'm gonna show people your uh, your IG for Ethos Decorum real quick. Let's see if I get this share, the screen share right again. This thing is. And Geronimo, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. This is just out of a need for us to highlight, for us to highlight other designers and and also. There's a part of it that we haven't spoken about, right? If the if the, the designers of color or the minority designers or the independent designers, if they're not getting any type of shine now, we don't want to put them in a situation where they start to look like they want to design like Chanel because they want to get the shine. Mm -hmm. So we have to be very careful to where as a society, we're not killing people's creativity by not highlighting them to where they're like, man, I got to go make my stuff. Like, there's somebody now that has a great sneaker brand. We want them to continue to have a great sneaker brand. We don't want them to get down on themselves to where they're like, I want to go ahead and make my brand look like Nike or Adidas. We don't need another Nike. We don't need another Adidas. We need another whatever the next sneaker brand is. Nah, I, I agree with you there as well because, um, you know, everything... Things will go in cycles, things, and also things change. I think um, with regards to, say, how you mentioned we need another sneaker brand, I think, I know for me personally, I have a love-hate relationship with the um, this whole reissue thing, uh, especially with Nike, because um, they're like the, the king of reissues. And I'm like, you mean to tell me, Nike, as a corporation, all the money that you have, you can't hire more sneaker designers to design new sneakers. You got to keep re-releasing and reissuing sneakers that came out 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, you know? Um, and I mean, I know a lot of people like it. Some people say, oh, I wasn't, I couldn't afford them when they first came out. And that's cool. But, you know, I want to see some new stuff. Like, I don't wear Nikes anymore. I stopped wearing because I'm like, you're not coming out with anything new. I, I have no desire. I, I'll, I, I'm, if I see some blazers or something like that, I might get those. Or if I see a pair of um, dope Air Force Ones, I might get those. But I don't wear Nikes no more because it's like I don't have any interest in wearing, you know, old sneakers in a different color. I, I really don't have 
in any any interest in that. Uh, real quick, let me show let me show people your uh, your Instagram. Also, once I do that, I'm gonna show I want to show people the folklore's Instagram too. Cause I know we were talking about the folklore um, before we got started. So you know I got a response. You know I got a response to that Nike comment, right? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. So, and this is the Ethan um, IG page. Everybody, can you see it? Can you see? Yeah, I can see it. Okay, perfect. So I can see it. So, so an, an example is that last post I just did is uh, with a black designer, incredible black designer, and I'm thinking to myself, man. Where, why everybody's not wearing the Christopher John Rogers like outfit to the BT award? What's up with that? Oh, you are absolutely right. This is some good stuff here. Now, let me let you know he's in Birdolph Goodman. Ha, okay. So, I he he's not some Johnny Come Lately designer, he put in the work and he's the truth. So, an example is. Listen, and he's dressing celebrities. He, I mean, the, the last post is Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, Lizzo. Okay. So, you know, we need to take the designer like this that needs to be right up there with Chanel and be like, hey, what, why, what, why, why aren't the artists drop, name dropping this designer? Why isn't he a, why isn't he a billion dollar brand? As you can see that from the editorial and the craftsmanship, this is on par with everybody else that's the best of the best. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I would have loved to see five or six people on the red carpet say, this is, this is who I'm wearing. That's all I'm saying. All right, let me go to... You know, but um, yeah. back, back to, to the Nike thing. Everybody has a love and hate relationship with Nike, man. And the folklore, I love them, man. I just love what they're doing. So this like, is this is where I learn about, as it says, the leading destination for luxury and emerging brands from Africa and the diaspora, which is absolutely factual. You know, I learn about a ton of brands that I wouldn't come, I wouldn't know about otherwise from their site, from their IG page, you know, and you know, they're they're highlighting menswear, women's wear everything you know yes you know i say whenever i'm able to purchase anything luxury i'm going to go to one of these brands first before i go to you know the ones that everybody knows you know what i mean and and, and rightfully so because we've 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 uh in the and and we 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 we, we family so we could talk in the black community we've all said this before and we should not stop saying it if I can buy a pair of Gucci loafers for $500, there's no reason I cannot go to the folklore and look on there and buy a pair of loafers from a black brand. I'm sorry. I should have, I should have the same amount of buying power as far as with, with, with Gucci that I should have that with one of these brands. The quality is the same. The craftsmanship is the same. And if it's hot, I'm getting it. Now, I'm not going to buy it from a black brand just because it's a black brand, but if it's hot, I'm going to get it, period. So I made the conscious decision. Decision. I said to myself, I said, okay, we're doing Ethos Decorum. We're going to highlight a lot of brands, a lot of independent brands, a lot of black brands. We're going to highlight them right with the European brands. I said to myself, how do I, be, how do I make a conscious decision with the things that I purchase, right? So I said to myself, okay, 
I'm a Ralph Lauren guy. I love Ralph Lauren. It's like one of my favorite brands. Polo is one of my favorite brands. I'm like, I'm not going to get away from Ralph Lauren. I'm not even going to lie to myself. I'm not even going to do that. Because a lot of times we just lie to ourselves. I'm only going to buy black and it only lasts for like two weeks. So I said, I mean, let's, I mean, am I keeping it real or not? You're being 100% honest, man. For real. I mean, we do it. We're like, oh man, hashtag buy black. I'm going to do it for two weeks and I'm going to go back to what I do. So I said to myself, how do I how do I consciously buy black brands and how do I consciously buy independent brands? So I said this to myself, okay, when I go to the polo store, I may go ahead and go to the polo outlet and pick up like three polo shirts, right? So I'm like, when I go to the polo outlet, every time I go, instead of picking up three polo shirts, I'm gonna go ahead and buy two polo shirts or even one. That extra cash, I'm gonna buy a t-shirt from an independent designer or I'm gonna buy a shirt from an independent designer. Mm -hmm. So I used that idea and I and I and I stuck with it for about a year. And to be honest with you, after a year, it became a normal thing to automatically stop buying from independent designers and start buying black designers. It was so normal. It didn't stop me from buying Ralph Lauren. I knew I'm not going to stop buying Ralph Lauren. I'm not even going to lie to myself. I still do. It didn't stop me from buying New Balance, Nike, or Adidas. It didn't stop me from buying all those things. But now it put me in a mind state to where it was so normal for me to buy from the independent designers and for me to buy from the black designers to the point where I go to the website. I like what they're selling. I see they got a good track record. I don't hesitate. I'm buying that T-shirt. I'm buying these pants. And at the same time, I'm not like, oh, it's $120 for the pants. I don't know. I'm going to wait for it to be on, on sale because it's a black designer. I'm going to wait till they give me that 25% coupon. I'm like, no. If I was going to Ralph Lauren and I was buying his jeans for $120, then I'm going to just go to the website to the black designers and buy his pants for $120 too. Right. In fact, he needs the, more, he needs the money more than Ralph do anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So personally, that's something that I did to where I said, I'm going to make a conscious decision for every time I make this purchase and step in the polo store, every time I make this decision to step in the Nike store, instead of spending, buying two pairs of pants, or instead of buying two sneakers, maybe I'll buy one sneaker and then buy something from a black designer. And then over a period of time, it just becomes a normal thing. So that's, that's one of those things. I, I had to point that out there. We could do it. We could support independent designers we can support black designers we can support the designers that are in our city by simply buying mixing it up by buying less of what we normally buy and just allocating that money to the independent and the black designers no, i absolutely agree and for me the way i do it is i i do it with specialty items so say for instance the glasses that i have on eyeglasses i have on um I need a new pair of glasses i'm not gonna tell you how long it had been before i got these glasses that i had even had an eye exam so I was like, let, let me let me let me take care of that. So I did that in the in the midst of the pandemic last year, the height of the pandemic last year. And I was like, at first, you know, I was going to go, you know, one of the brands like Warby Parker or something like who I used to work for once upon a time. Um, and then I was like, ah, let me let me let me find a, a black owned brand. So I was looking, looking, looking a lot of brands. I, I found a lot of black owned eyewear brands, but a lot of them were more focused on sunglasses. Um, they didn't do prescription. So I found this one, um, a Ghanaian owned brand based in Canada called Botan. Um, I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, but it looks like Botan to me. Um, but 
I'm gonna share my screen again so y'all can see. Uh, but these frames that I have on, I remember I was in New York not too long ago, and um, I went I went to one of my one of my favorite juice bars uh, to get you know get me a mega mix. If you if you've been to uh, Jaseel. Uh, used to be in Harlem, but now it's in the Bronx. You know what I'm talking about. You know what that mega mix is hitting on. But um, I went there and the brother came, you know, took my order and everything. He asked me if I had on Cartier frames. And I was like, nah, they're actually um, it's a Ghanaian-owned brand based in Canada called Bolton. You know, I told him quickly about, about the brand and whatnot. And because I need people to know, you know, and I, I appreciate him even noticing the quality and the craftsmanship enough to even equated to um, a, 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 a brand that um, has um, that's recognizable and um, has um, is known for putting out, putting out a certain level of, of, of quality of a product. But, you know, again, that um, that identification and that alignment with these other brands where it's like, well, no, it's actually, you know, independent brands that are doing the same thing. Um, for a fraction of the price even like these were maybe were two something maybe i don't remember how much i call pay for them but you know this is this this is their instagram page you know you see they got all types of different frames out there you know they got they you know your your, your tortoise shells you know your round frames your square you know they got su different style sunglasses things like that and so i encourage everybody to check them out as well um, before you make your next uh, eyewear purchase, whether it's eyeglasses or sunglasses, you know, These but, are dope. You know, specialty items. I start there, you know, even um, this. Uh, oh, let me stop sharing because this gets crazy. <laughs> I got this candle. This is actually based in uh, D.C. This candle brand. What's it called? Herb, uh, it's called District Candle and Soap Company. And I got this candle called Dapper. You know, great smelling candles, got a warm smell to it. Um, almost reminds you of something like, uh, like you you know, you're doing a, a, a good whiskey, a good scotch with a cigar or something. Um, it's not overpowering. It's, very, it's a masculine scent, but it's one I know that even women would enjoy as well. And um, I like the wick a lot. It's burnt up now, but it wasn't like your, your typical wax covered string. It was like almost like a... a, a I can't even describe it, but like a, a like a brown piece of cloth um, that they used instead to give that for that like that attention to detail that 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 um, that touch um, was really important to me. I was like, wow, okay, and I was like, okay, well, I'm I'm gonna continue to support them for that reason alone, you know. And so I think again, the specialty item starting there. Um, would be an easy place to start. You know, your next eyewear purchase, uh, your next, you're about to buy a phone case. Uh, you need to buy, um, I don't know, um, I don't know, something. <laughs> That's a specialty item, you know. See if there's a, if, see if, there, if, there's a, if there's a black owned brand or, you know, whatever your thing is, see if there's an independent brand that does it just as well as the big guys, or if not better. You know, sometimes you can even get it for a fraction of the price without sacrificing quality. So um, I wanted to ask you too, um, Jonathan, um, what, tell us, 
tell the people some of the brands that you that you're checking you're checking for right now. It doesn't have necessarily be your favorite, or if you want to give your favorite, you can. I know sometimes when we say give us your top five, give us your favorite, people are like, oh shit, I don't know. But um, yeah, you know what what are some of the brands that you're checking for right now in, in the world of fashion? Or even um, I because I know you're 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 an art guy too, you're a visual art guy as well. Like anybody, however many you want to name, however many you can name. You know who 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 are you checking for? Who who is you know Jonathan Tactus Jack uh, checking for in the world of fashion and, and and design and art? Oh man! So I gotta I gotta do a I gotta do a fashion list and then I gotta do an art list and an art. To be honest with you, with art, that's like a whole different that's a whole different episode. But I'll let that go. But uh, so let me do fashion and I'll do art real quick. Um. And this is, I mean, we I post stuff like daily, so it's hard for me to just start naming some people because I'm like, I don't want to leave nobody out because there's so many good brands. But um, River is Wild. That's one of my that's one of my favorites. Um, I follow these brothers from day one. Uh, one is actually based in the DMV, and the other one is based in Philly. And um, River is Wild is uh, they have roots back in Nigeria and everything they have an aesthetic that everything reaches back to africa um so you see they'll do a lot of kind of like um the african mass and they'll explain why they did this particular graphics they do the the, the prints um they do like tote bags they do shorts so i'm a huge fan of river as well um i'm a huge friend a fan of bloomfield works they do a lot of uh a lot of real good t-shirts um, you, like you know, they did something with dance hall with a dance hall theme. They did something with uh, Nina Simone. Uh, let me see. I I love Brooklyn Circus. They've been around forever, and um, I really like those guys. I like Savant Studios. Um, they're out of Brooklyn too. Um, can't forget my man Creative King out of uh, Baltimore. He does one of one hats, and he has a clothing line. He's He's a master craftsman. I've I've visited him, visited him a few times and sent him work. And he's just nobody's on a level as Creative King with making hats, man. This this dude is just he's just it's crazy. Um who else I, I'm messing with here? It's a lot of people, man. Circulate, they're on the West Coast, I believe. Kids of immigrants. Um Telfar, of course. Um Huge fan of Telfar, Rich Fresh, Persevere. Um, good people, man. They like, they like, those are my peoples. It's a Persevere is a black-owned company, luxury company, a family company. So it's a husband and wife with like three kids, and they're making the same amount of quality goods as any of your Italian and European brands. And they're based in LA right now. So okay. top-notch okay. stuff. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like my list. I can go on and on, um, but that's like my list. My, my man out of the DMV, uh, Rob McKnight, he makes uh, one of one custom pieces and he does limited runs. And he's Rob McKnight. Um, I will put it this way. This dude is going to do Paris Fashion Week in the next five to 10 years, hands down. Um, just Just somebody who's just ahead of he's really ahead of his time to, to me so those are some of the brands that i really follow um i'm sure i missed like a, like 50 of them but 
those are the fashion brands I really follow. I like a mixture of high fashion brands and I like a mix. I mean, I like a mixture of high fashion brands and streetwear brands. I really like that. I like that that idea that you could wear some thirty dollar jeans and have a. It's nothing better than seeing a lady with like some regular jeans, a real nice expensive handbag, and like a cool T-shirt. I think to me that style where you're just really comfortable with where you, what you're wearing and you're not necessarily name dropping anything, but you're just like a mixture of everything. You know, like a vintage t-shirt and some expensive sneakers. It's like, man, this t-shirt was like $20 I got from the flea market, but I got on some $400 sneakers. And it's kind of like, but I like both of them and I'm comfortable with what I'm wearing. To me, that what that's what style is. Like if you're head to toe and you're Fendi, but it don't look good, then what's the point? You know what I'm saying? So um, as far as art, man, that's a whole different, that's a whole different story. But uh, um, art, man, I like uh, this guy, his name is, uh, uh, I think it's Robert Moore. I, I just go by his Instagram handle, Buy Moore, an incredible artist. Esteban, He's based out of DC. I think Esteban's gonna be one of the goats in art. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, there's a guy from Minnesota, Nick Dylan. He's he's pretty incredible. Um, a couple of female artists that I always post. There's one, uh, Rebecca. I forgot her last name, but she does she does paintings of hip hop moments. I really like that. So she did one with, uh, she did something from Belly. She did Dipset. She painted Dipset and that was pretty wild. Um, so I like what she's doing. Another female artist, I think she's from London. Her name is Jess Sandy. She, uh, she has a unique style and there's a huge, there's a huge collective of artists out of South Africa that I really like. Um, I'm, I'm hopefully after COVID, I get to go to South Africa and shoot some content with some South African artists and painters. So um, those are those are kind of like the people I'm checking for and stuff like that. I'm sure I missed like a million of them, but you know, it is what it is. So yeah. Nah, that was a good healthy list. Yeah. Good healthy list on both sides. I mean, I think we really we really got deep into this, and I mean, I don't. Besides people like us, people who think like us, getting into the industry, like really, really getting in it, into it in a way where we can affect change, the change that we want to see. Um, not really sure what we can do beyond what we've what we've been doing, which is you know keep creating the 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 art and the content that we've been creating and giving the world our point of view um, to help change change things because it's got to change it's got to because it's like people there there have to be more people who aren't okay with things as they are the state of of fashion um and 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 otherwise the arts and entertainment in general and i think it's really important for people to push back and want to make waves and make and open doors for people who have a, a a unique point of view and have something to say through their through their work you know so um yeah we, we really got into it you know what i mean so i appreciate you um 
definitely coming on. I know, um, and 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 um, and talking with me about this. I wanted you to also let people know what what's coming up down the pipeline um, for uh, Ethos Decorum and where they can find you, where they can follow you, and everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me, Geronimo. I appreciate it. And um, even before we get off, too. I know we were kind of going hard on the on the publications and the different brands and stuff like that. But it's also I think it's also difficult for publications and brands, too, because the speed of the Internet drives so much of the decisions that the powers that we have to make, too. And I can only imagine what those decisions they have to make in those meetings. You know what I mean? Like even designers nowadays, think about it. Designers probably spend like a whole year in a collection. And then in 10 minutes, we all just say, oh, yeah, that's great. And then what's next? That's a year's worth of somebody's work. I can only imagine that. Think about that, Geronimo. I know you as a writer, right? I can imagine you, you write a novel and it takes you maybe two years to write this novel and somebody reads it in 10 minutes and just says, or read it for a day and be like, yeah, that's good. So what else are you working on, Geronimo? So I think the internet alone has really put a lot of the powers that be in a lot of rough spaces to where it's kind of like, man, you know, content, content, content. And sometimes it's, it's people are more in a, um, sometimes people just get in a safe space and they just stay there. So I feel like it's guys like us that need to kind of push the envelope to be like, hey, we don't need to be in a safe space. And I, I would love to see, I would love to see like a Geronimo write for a Fader magazine, write for like a Vibe magazine or a Rolling Stones. I would love to see something like that to see where it's, I would love to see larger publications bring on more independent creatives and kind of like really see where they can push culture in general. You know what I mean? Um, as far as Ethos Decorum, uh, we're gonna get back to shooting video content. We've always had that in mind and we've done video content before. And right before COVID, we kind of had plans to do a lot of video content and a lot of traveling with a lot of, uh, designers and artists and that kind of like COVID kind of stopped that. So we're going to, we're going to get back on that. We actually, we're working on that, trying to figure that out now. Um, we want to, we want to do a, a artist collaboration where we drop, um, you know, physical pieces with different artists. We've done that before. We, 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 we got a series with creative Kings and his hats and, um, but we, we, we want to work with more artists and that's in the pipeline. We kind of have, we have some stuff lined up, but we just got to execute it. And last thing is we're working on some other projects that's, that's, that's going to be interesting. You're going to see some of it this summer. Um, it's a little bit of storytelling, but I'm going to send it to you when it's ready. I'm going to send it to you when it's ready. Uh, so we, we want to, we really want to get in the space of, uh, we want to get in the advertising space. That's the best way I can put it. We want to get in the advertising space. We want to be able to for brands to tell their stories in unique ways. So that's what we're working on for the rest of this year and going into next year. So that's kind of like where we are. Uh, we just want to grow organically and uh, just link up with like-minded people. And we, we just want to highlight great creative people, whether they're brands or artists. We just want to highlight creative people. And uh, I hate to use the word normalize, but we really want to normalize the idea that minority creators are not these unicorns. They're right there. I, 
I literally want you to see a Gucci ad on one page and flip the page and see a black designer. And I want you to be okay with that and not even be shocked. That's, that's the mission of Ethos Decorum, to be honest with you. I want you to flip that page and see Prada and flip that page and see River is Wild. And not even, and you not even blink on there because you know it's all quality goods, period. So yeah, that's that's kind of where we are, man. Okay, we're 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 and to your to your point about wanting to see me right. I'm I'm I've been thinking about it a lot lately and thinking about okay, because you're not the only person who says you know they the people for quite some time actually have been saying you need to start writing again. I I am the type of creative person that if I don't have it in me, if I am not inspired to write about or talk about or create anything, I won't do it. Because it, it it'll seem forced, things like that. Now, if somebody gave me an assignment, I could I could crank it out. But to find it within myself to come up with from my own mind, if I don't have that inspiration, I won't do like all those medium posts I did from a few years ago. Um, I was just I was on a roll. I wanted I had I felt like writing. I had something to say. Now I guess I've been in. Not only a state of transition in my life, but also a, a very uh, um, observe, observant place in my life where I'm, I'm, the world has changed in a way and continues to change in a way where I'm wanting to make sense of it and figure out what my perspective on it is. Um, and so that's another reason why I haven't felt the urge to write because I'm, I'm still figuring out what is going on in the world right now. Um, I actually started. Before we got started today, I had started writing a post on Medium uh, called Hire Me. Um, this is my new attempt, this is my next attempt at getting a job in, in this industry that I've been wanting to work in for the longest. And I know people might say, oh, make your own thing and, and do this and do that. I'm all for entrepreneurship and that is something that I'm sure will be a part of my life um, at some point. But right now, what I want to do is um, I really want to get a check. I want to collect a check for a little while so I won't have to think about um, survival as much. And that will give me a, lot, a greater space to, um, to, to create the way that, that I want to um, for my own thing. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give this a shot. See how far this takes me. See if somebody sees me. Like, you know, I'm going to give this guy a shot. You know, because um, I, I don't doubt my ability to... Um, I don't doubt my ability to not only create dope things for myself, um, but I, I also don't doubt my ability to create dope things um, and get the job done uh, if I'm working for somebody else. So um, that's, 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 and as I was writing um, things out, I was like, wow, you know, I feel like maybe I could really start writing more, more regularly again. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not promising anything. I'm just saying, you know, it's something that I've definitely been considering. Um, and I know it'll it'll return. It'll it'll get back. I'll get back into it where it's like something I just wake up and do again. Um, hopefully sooner than later. So you know, I wanted to put that out there. But um, yeah, man, we reached the end, man. You know what I mean? So again, I appreciate you, Jonathan, um, for always checking in, always um, being down to rap with me and talk about the, the issues at hand within culture and lifestyle. Because uh, uh, definitely, I, I really appreciate and, and respect your your point of view and perspective on on all of this as well. 
I hey same same over here, man. I, I I respect what you're doing, and like I said, keep on doing it. And it's one of those things. Once you have a passion, it's like there's no need to stop because once you stop, all you're doing is just stopping the inevitable. You're gonna come right back to it. I've I've lived that moment over and over again where I've stepped away from being a creative, and I just that itch just come right back on you again. And you're like, man, this is all I know. This is all I love. This is all I want to do. So. Um, I, I totally understand that feeling. And it's ironic because I think the last time we did a, a, the podcast, then COVID happened right after that. So it's kind of weird that we're doing this now. So, Yeah, there's, uh, it was actually the, the day we recorded was the day before cities, including Washington, D.C., started shutting down everything. So yes, <laughs> yes literally. Yeah, funny how how life works like that. You know what I mean? Like the streets was already empty that day. It was a Friday, I believe it was. I believe it was a Friday, maybe a Thursday. And the streets were already like empty in a way that I'd never seen, you know, DC after work empty, you know, at 5 p.m. So um, come a long way, turn the corner in it. Uh, people going back outside. So curious to see where this will take me. Um, me now deciding to go back into it and, all, and everything, uh, where I'll end up in the world, all the places I'll travel to, to to keep doing this work, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that is a wrap. Um, and till next time, y'all take it easy. Peace.